Welcome to the Captivated for Christ podcast, episode number 12. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. Welcome to the Captivated for Christ podcast, weekly encouragement to keep you captivated by God's love. And here's your host, Nathaniel Bridgman. Welcome, 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 welcome to another beautiful episode of the Captivated for Christ podcast. I am your humble host, Nathaniel Bridgman. Now, today's ministry of the week is a ministry called Kids Against Hunger. Kids Against Hunger is a nonprofit humanitarian organization with a mission to provide fully nutritious food to impoverished children and families around the world and around the corner. The goal of the organization is for the meals to provide a stable nutritional base from which re- re- <laughs> sorry I can't read today uh, from re- which recipient families can move their families from starvation or food insecurity to self-sufficiently efficiency. And there are more ways that you can get involved through volunteering, through hosting an event, through starting a satellite. Kids Against Hunger is an amazing ministry. I love what they do. Um, the YWAM base where I did my discipleship training ship training school with uh, YWAM Minneapolis actually partners with Kids Against Hunger. They're a great organization, and they're such a, they do such a great way of spreading the gospel with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, at in his gospels, if you, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, I was thirsty and you need to gave me something to drink. Giving food to those who don't have any food is a great way of spreading the gospel, and it also provides a need for those who need food and uh, food and water. We as the church have plenty of resources over here in America for food, and we waste food every day, which is very, very sad. But Kids Against Hunger seeks to fight against that problem and fight against world starvation and not only give them true not only give them food to fill stomachs but will give them true food which is the lord jesus christ so if you want to possibly volunteer host an event or to start a satellite please go to www.kidsagainsthunger.org that's www.kidsagainsthunger.org as always guys i like to start off every episode by starting off with a prayer to ask the holy spirit to come and bless our time so if you are listening please bow your heads and close your eyes and i'll begin uh, Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your great love, and thank you for the opportunity you've given me to record another episode of this podcast, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, keep please come, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, and lead us through understanding of your scriptures. Holy Spirit, keep please come and be our teacher today. Help us to know more about you, Lord Jesus, through your word and through your voice, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, keep please come and lead us through understanding of your scriptures, Lord Jesus. Help us to stop believing the lies that the enemy is spreading to the church, but instead, Holy Spirit, help us to be filled with your Holy Spirit and to understand the truth of what you are speaking to us so i pray that you would come holy spirit and reveal to us what your truth is about yourself in jesus mighty name i pray amen amen well as many of you guys know today is another continuation of the series i've been doing called unbiblical things that christians believe this is where i take a phrase that you may have heard from one of your friends at church you may have seen in a christian bookstore you may have seen it on some inspirational quote thing online you may have even heard it in a motivational speech or a sermon or seen on a tv shirt and these quotes sound nice and very inspirational but there's a reason as to why there's not a bible verse to support these phrases is because more likely than not these phrases are actually unbiblical and not only are they unbiblical they also don't reflect the character of god so far in the series we've talked about different topics such as god won't give you more than you can handle yourself 
Um, God helps those who help themselves. We're all part of God's family. And many, many, many different things that a lot of people say around the church, but they're actually not true biblically. This series was inspired by the Dumb Things That Smart Christians Believe sermon series done by Pastor James and his staff at Cross Point City Church in Cartersville, Georgia. It's an amazing sermon series. If you guys want to go check it out, go to Cross Point City Church's website and watch the sermon series. I highly recommend it. They're a great series of sermons. Pastor James and his staff do an excellent job delivering sermons about these topics. Unfortunately, though, they only covered a few topics within this series, and so what I wanted to do is cover the topics that they didn't talk about because there's so many phrases that people throw around the church that they think are true about God but actually are not true about what God is like at all. And so how I can fight these phrases is not only through Scripture but also understanding are what, uh, understanding what we know about God and say, okay, is this phrase really true or not? And today's phrase, okay, I'm going to warn you guys. Today's phrase, I'm just going to flat out say it, is stupid. It is so, so, so stupid. I have no idea why people honestly believe today's phrase because it is not only unbiblical and not true about God, it is hilariously bad. Like, it, it, it honestly makes me laugh every time I think about this stupid phrase. I mean, I'm sorry, it's stupid. I mean, with the other phrases I've talked about on this show, I could understand some of them, but... This one, I don't understand at all. I'm sorry, I don't understand today's topic. It's just, it's so ridiculous. And out of nowhere, I have no idea where this phrase came from. But here we go. I'm going to talk about it. And so, guys, just warning you. Um, if you guys hear, you, are, you guys are probably going to hear me laugh about this phrase a lot. So prepare to hear me laugh whenever I hear this phrase, whenever you guys hear this phrase. And so... Yeah, anyways, now many of you people may be wondering what is this phrase that I'm talking about? Well, I'm going to start by giving an example. And this is actually where I, very, where, where I heard this phrase first. One day I was watching an episode of a sitcom by the name of Frasier. Frasier is a sitcom from the 90s about a psychiatrist named, or a radio psychiatrist named Dr. Frasier Crane who answers people's questions off the radio. It's a hilarious show. Although the show does contain some inappropriate content such as cussing and also there's a lot of sexual immorality. There is some characters have sexual immorality on the show which I don't approve of. A lot of the content I don't approve of. But outside of those things, it's a hilarious show. It's really, really funny. Like it's a funny show outside of those things that don't outside of those things. Um but it's still a really funny show and there are some episodes that don't contain any cussing or sexual immorality at all. So it's it's a great show. Um but there's one episode where uh where Fra the caretaker of F Fraser's father, Martin, um Martin's caretaker is a British woman by the name of Daphne Moon. And there was one moment, I can't remember exactly what she was talking about, but there was one moment where after she was describing what happened, she said, well, it's just like they say, when God closes a door, he opens a window. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, just... I don't even know why I want to record an episode on this topic. It's just... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> That's not true biblically. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Captivated for Christ podcast. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I guess I am going to have to talk about this phrase and topic after all. <clears throat> the phrase, when God closes a door... <laughs> sorry. 
he opens a window has been a phrase that a lot of people have been saying a lot <laughs> i don't i personally haven't heard it in my own life but there actually are a handful of people that believe it and um there are many reasons as to why this phrase is just not true not only biblically just doesn't reflect the character of god in any way shape or form and uh so today what I wanted to do is talk about this phrase and give the reasons not only as to why it's unbiblical, but also actually talk about what is biblical. What does happen when God actually does close doors on us? Because there are times when God actually closes doors of opportunity for us, but he also gives us new opportunities to serve. So I could see where people get the um, God closing a door, uh, when uh, the God closing a door analogy, but... Anyways, so today I'm going to talk about the phrase, when God closes a door, he opens a window. I'm going to give the reasons as to why this phrase is unbiblical, but I'm also going to give the biblical truth as to what God is actually like and what happens when God closes a door of opportunity for us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, and by the way, I just have to say I'm sorry if I offend any of you guys by laughing at this phrase. If any of you guys have believed this phrase before, I am sorry if I offended you by laughing at it. It's just that I've... I've Sorry, I, I'm really sorry about that. So if I did offend you guys, I'm really, really sorry about that. But what I'm, what my hope for you guys who have heard this and actually believed it is my hope for you guys is that you guys actually gain knowledge about what God is actually like and actually gain valuable information as to what happens when God actually does close window, close doors for us. Sorry, not windows. Ugh. Now I'm mixing up my speech. Anyways, um, so what happens when God closes doors for us and reveal the truth as to what happens when it does happen. So what are the reasons as to why the phrase, when God closes the door, he opens a window on biblical? Well, the first reason is pretty obvious. When God says no, he means no. When God says no, he means no. What do I mean by this? Well, let's just give an example. When God says no to something, he does not mean not right now. He does not mean I have a different way of getting there or any other way. When God says no to something, he means no. He does not mean no, but really yes. He means no. It's quite obvious, really. Um, but yeah, so the reason why this analogy is flawed is because in certain situations, let's just imagine a house right now. When the door is closed and you can't get unlocked, when someone opens a window, there is a when someone opens a window, there's another way to escape. And the window leads to the same way that the door leads. The reason why this logic is flawed is because when God says no to something, he means no. He doesn't mean, oh no, but I'll provide you a smaller way just so you can possibly get it. When God says no, he means no. Absolutely not. Let me give a prime example of real life of why people use this phrase and where this phrase can come in handy. So let's just say you're going through a bad marriage right now. Don't know why I'm using a lot of marriage examples. Um, let's just say you're going through a bad marriage and, and your marriage is going through a rough time. Your kids are annoying you and your spouse is not treating you very well. They're not abusive or anything or doing anything bad. They're just not giving you as much attention as they need. Then along the way, you meet some, but then along the way, you meet someone at your work who is nicer to you and also has more in common with you. And you begin to think, oh, she's or he is the one 
They're my soulmate, the one I truly am supposed to be with, not the one I'm married to right now. You see, when uh, you see, when God is closing a door on my marriage, he's opening a window to be with this woman because doesn't God want me to be happy? No. Absolutely not. Here's the thing. I already talked about when God, doesn't God want me to be happy, that phrase. I already talked about a few weeks earlier, but when God said no to something, he meant no. The reason why you shouldn't do that and should still stay married is because that's committing adultery. And the Bible clearly commands, do not commit adultery. It does not say, do not commit adultery unless it's with the woman you're supposed to be with. It means, don't commit adultery. Don't commit adultery. The Bible is very clear about that. Actually, I probably should The Bible is very clear, do not commit adultery. Yet we see it all over TV shows and movies, this stereotype that, oh, the person I'm married with right now is not supposed to be the one I'm supposed to be with. Even Frasier, the show I just promoted, even has that for a while. And look, Frasier is still a funny show, but just pick that gives us no reason to commit adultery. The Bible says, do not commit adultery. It does not mean do not commit adultery unless this happens, unless there's a small window of opportunity. It means don't commit adultery. Okay? Okay. Now, let me give another okay, let me give another example outside of marriage. Uh so let's just say you're real you're you hear that there's this new promotion at your job and you apply for this promotion at your job and you get rejected. God was saying no to that opportunity. He was uh, oh to that opportunity. Now, there are some times where God can give a leeway and give us a different promotion where I could see the window analogy could maybe possibly work. But at the same time, when God said no to that promotion, he meant no. He didn't mean no, but yes, really. He meant no. When God closes the door on us, he means no. Not, I'm going to open this window so there's a smaller way of getting what you want. When God closes the door, he means no. Got it? Okay. I hope you guys got it. <laughs> it's just, it's obvious. When God says no, he means no. He doesn't mean no unless he means no. So that's the first reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because God is because when God says no, he means no. The second reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because the opportunities that God gives us are not as small as windows. Are we saying that when God closes a bigger opportunity for us, that he's just going to give us something as small as a window? Really? Oh, yeah. Are we really going to say... Uh, are we really going to say, well, I closed that opportunity for you to get a promotion, but hey, here's a keychain. Really? God's not like that at all. I mean, God tells us to be thankful for what we have, even the smaller things. When we're thankful for smaller things, it makes a big impact for his kingdom because it realizes how much God blesses us. However, when God gives us opportunities for us, they're not as small as a window. Are you kidding me? God's opportunities for us to serve him are big. And a lot of us view, you know, even smaller serving opportunities like, you know, like um, talking to people about Jesus or just doing kids ministry. We think that serving God, opportunities to serve God, even if they're small, we think that, oh, we're not making an impact. Just simply obeying what God tells you to do and doing smaller things for the his kingdom make a huge impact, can make a huge impact in someone's life and could eventually lead them to Christ. We shouldn't be 
just, we shouldn't be nagging on smaller ministry opportunities like being an usher or something like that. Like, oh, that's not really serving because they're just doing something small. We have no idea how much our actions, whether they be small or not, have a, have a big impact for the kingdom of God. Here's the thing. God calls us all to do different things, but they're all for the same mission to advance his kingdom and to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. However, and whatever God wants us to do, we always try to think, oh, you know, preaching or being a pastor or being a teacher, these are bigger responsibilities and have much bigger impacts than I can. No, that's not true. Whatever God wants you to do can have just as big of an impact as well, uh, just as big as an impact as someone who's preaching on a Sunday morning. I was one. I was actually guilty of one of those people who thought that you know smaller church positions weren't as necessary as pastoral church positions. However, my uh, good friend Benjamin Wise, um, he's designing the artwork for this show, so I gotta mention him somehow. <laughs> but he actually made a really good point one day. Um, He's one of my friends during my discipleship training school. He was practicing one of his sermons that he had prepared. He actually made a really good point. He said, point about our roles within the body of Christ. He said, is a missionary is a missionary who goes out in the mission field any different than the church janitor? Both are doing different responsibilities, but both are equally serving in the or serving the purpose of advancing God's kingdom. By the missionary spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, he makes Christ known to the nations. But by the janitor making sure everything in the church is nice, they could have people come in on a Sunday morning and eventually give their hearts to Jesus. Their they have different responsibilities, but their purpose is the same. We should stop viewing these little opportunities of service as no big deal in God's eyes. The truth is, we have no uh, is whenever we're invited to be a part of God's opportunities for us, they impact people in a very, very, very big way. And we need to stop making people feel guilty for doing little things for the advancement of the kingdom. I mean, for Pete's sake, just telling someone you don't know that Jesus loves them is more than enough. Sure, you hear it all the time. And sure, you may hear from people all the time in church that Jesus loves them. But what if you told a stranger that Jesus loves them? What if you told the cashier in Walmart that Jesus loves them? What if you told your waiter when you go out to a restaurant that Jesus loves them? They don't know you, but... When they hear that Jesus loves them from a stranger, it has a huge impact on their lives because they don't know you. They don't know that person. But it doesn't matter. God knows them. It shows that God knows them and that he loves them. And who knows? That per and who knows? That person that you're talking to and telling them that Jesus loves them may not know Jesus, but by you telling them about God's love for them, made the Holy Spirit can start to do a work inside them to transform their mind. I've actually, um, I will, I ha will have a personal confession. So recently when I moved here in Longview, I started doing evangelism. Um, I, I started doing evangelism by going out every day and everywhere time I went somewhere, I told someone about Jesus. And what I would do is I would do whatever the Holy Spirit would tell me. And this would be some, and I was thinking, you know, okay, I'm going to, when I started out, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray for someone. I want you to do this and this. And there was even one night when the Holy Spirit um, when I was sleeping in bed where the Holy Spirit told me that I was going to pray for someone's back then act the next day after that night. And the very next day I met someone with a back problem and I got to pray for them. And it was awesome, you know, and I kept on thinking that, oh, thinking that, oh my gosh, you know, I'm doing whatever the Holy Spirit is telling me to do. I'm going to see so many people led back to Jesus here in Longview. 
But as I started to do more evangelism, the more I started seeing the Holy Spirit, I asked the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? And I was expecting, you know, something big and grand, like preach the gospel in Walmart or, 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 heal, the, or heal someone of a leg problem that you see. What I heard was just simply tell people that I love them. Just simply tell people that I love them. And I was weirded out by this at first because I was like, just telling people that you love them? Isn't that kind of odd? You see, God was closing a door for me thinking about, you see, I was thinking about, you know, doing these huge, big things because I was from YWAM and I grew up in a missionary family. So I'm used to doing these big evangelistic type things. But then, and so God was closing the door on that for me, but he was opening another door saying, I want you to just simply tell people that I love them. Tell someone you don't know that I love them and care about them and that they are amazing. And so I thought, okay. I mean, I also learned this from watching a few Todd White videos, but <laughs> but um, I thought, okay. And so for the past few days, I've just been simply telling people that Jesus loves them, whether it be my neighbors here in the apartment complex I live, whether it be if I, when I go out to a restaurant, I'll tell the waiter, hey, man, I just want to let you know that you are amazing and Jesus loves you. Or just everywhere I go, I'm just telling people that Jesus, I'm just telling a stranger that Jesus loves them. And believe it or not, it's actually been having quite an impact. A lot of people have been telling me, thank you, man. I really needed to hear that today. And sure, I may not be seeing so many people, you know, these huge Pentecostal movements back to Christ. But I know that when I'm sowing a seed and doing what the Holy Spirit is telling me to do by sowing a seed of righteousness, that the Holy Spirit will do a work in their lives. You see, we as Christians don't get people saved. It's the Holy Spirit that gets people saved. It's Jesus who gets people saved. It is our job to simply tell people about Jesus and sow seeds of righteousness in their lives. Our job is to love, and God brings the increase. And so I challenge people to do that today. Stop viewing small opportunities to serve God as bad things. They're good things. You know, and I've been learning that myself. I realized, wow, just simply telling a stranger who I don't know that Jesus loves them is actually very impactful. So if you're in Walmart today, Tell the cashier, hey, man, I just want to let you know that, or woman, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. you. You may be surprised that may they may go, wow, man, thank you. I really need to hear that today. So, yeah, the, just simply tell people that Jesus loves them. Don't view God's opportunities as small as windows. Every opportunity to serve God, whether we think they're big or small, has a huge advancement in his kingdom. So we should stop viewing God's opportunities for us as small as windows. God's opportunities are even bigger than doors. So that's the second reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because God's opportunities are not as small as windows. Third reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because when God closes a door, there's a reason. When God closes a door on something in our lives, there is a reason for it. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, let me give a good example. Well, when I was a little kid, my parents were missionaries in Mexico. And there was one day where we were going to cross the Mexican border, where we were going to cross the Mexican border. And I think we were going to deliver some food to people and other clothes supplies. I can't remember exactly what we were going to do, but I know that we were going to uh, us as a family, we're going to go over to Mexico, cross the border, and serve, basically, and spread the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, but that day, however, me and a couple other of my siblings and a bunch of, and I pretty much think all of our family, ended up getting sick. And we were like, okay. And we were all sad and depressed, me and my parents, because we were like, no, this is supposed to be our opportunity to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, we then learned that that day, 
that at the border, there was a huge shooting going on at the border in the area that we were supposed to go to, and a big disaster happened. You see, what we thought was a bad thing happening us to got us getting sick. Of course, God doesn't want people to get sick. God allowed it to happen and closed the door of opportunity for us for serving that day because he was protecting us from whatever was happening next. The amazing thing about when my parents served in Mexico and served as missionaries is that we were in a very, very dangerous area. We, My parents um, were missionaries in Matamoros, Mexico, which is one of the most dangerous cities in the entire country in Mexico. The cartel is huge in Matamoros. It's not as huge as it is in some areas like Tijuana, like uh, Tijuana, but Matamoros has a huge, huge, huge cartel um, influence in that area, and it's yeah, it's all over the entire city of Matamoros. But the amazing thing is, as dangerous as going to that city was, we were always protected by God. God was always looking out for us. Even when we didn't know it, God was always having our back. All we needed to do was trust in him for his, for our safety. And the amazing thing about that was that was just one day. But the rest of our days that we did go down to Mexico, my parents saw God move in amazing ways. My dad got to cast out a demon for Pete's sake. He got to see his he, the sick healed. My mom got to deliver many different supplies to other fishing villages in Mexico. You see, that day wasn't our only opportunity to serve God. You see, while God closed on uh, the door on us serving that day, he opened us. Mu- he opened up much more doors and grander doors to spreading his love, uh, to spreading the love of Jesus Christ to so many people within that area. My parents got to do am- God got to do amazing things through my parents when they were missionaries in Mexico. Even though he closed the door that day, he opened many, many doors of opportunities to serve him many, many times with throughout their ministry in Mexico. And so I've even learned this myself too without my throughout my walk in God. Whenever God closes the door on my life, I'm always like, okay, God, what's going on? But then what I realize is, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? And I simply trust in him and I trust in his safety and his protection over me. You see, the truth is, when God closes a door for us, there's always a reason as to why God closes a door. Now, a lot of people may think, you know, this goes into the phrase, everything happens for a reason. But I believe that when God closes doors on of opportunity for us, there's always a reason. Maybe he's protecting us. Maybe there's something going on that God knows about that he doesn't want you to be involved with. Maybe he doesn't want you walking away from him and that job will be a bad influence on your life. You see, we can't ever blame God and his trust for us. Instead, what we need to understand is that when God closes a door on an opportunity for us, he always has a reason as to why. So that's the third reason as to why this phrase is unbiblical is because when God closes the door, there's always a reason as to why he closed the door. So that now begs the question, what is the biblical truth? What does the Bible say about what happens when God closes doors and how should we respond when God closes the door on our life? Well, I couldn't really find too many verses to talk about this, but I did find a verse that's very similar to this. And I believe that this is the truth about what we should do whenever God closes the door on an opportunity for us. And there are the two verses, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. If you guys don't know about the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is one of my personal favorite books in the Bible. It's a collection of parables and teachings from the king of Israel, Solomon. And Proverbs is the first wisdom book Solomon wrote. And in this book, he contains so many words of knowledge and wisdom, not just about our relationship with God, but just with life in general. I mean, you could literally just take one 
verse in Proverbs alone and make an entire sermon out of that. That's how full of wisdom these Proverbs are. They're just, they're so full of wisdom and just so amazing. And Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6 are actually my personal favorite verses in the entire book of Proverbs because there are things that these two verses I've always quoted and I've applied to my own life, but they're especially true in my own opinion. I think these verses especially resonate true when God closes the doors of opportunity for us. And they're Proverbs 3 verses 5 through 6 if you want to follow along. The verses read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. It's very simple. When God closes the door, all we need to do is trust him. Just trust in God. Don't lean on your own decisions. Sure, that door may have been something you wanted to do, but I guarantee that God has something better in store for you. All we need to do is to trust in him. I'll never forget what... um. Not too long ago, I had a conversation with one of the staff members at the YWAM base here in Tyler, and I was telling him a little bit about why I decided to take the school of worship there um, this this January is because, you know, I was originally going to take it at YWAM Minneapolis, but that door eventually closed, and I th- said, well, God called me to take it here, and I just want to trust in him. And I'll never forget what he told me. He said, I think that's very wise of you, Nate, because... One of the greatest lessons that we could ever learn is how to trust in God. And that's all that God expects us to do. We need to trust him. We can't just point our fingers and blame God or ask God, why God are you closing this door on me? The truth is, when God closes a door, we need to trust in him. That is the truth. We can't just go around getting our way all the time because we think we know our own dec- uh, we think that our decisions are always the best decisions. What Solomon is writing in verse 5 is when he says not to lean on your own understanding is because we don't know everything. We don't know whether we're going to make a good decision or not. But God does. That's why we need to trust in him with all our heart. And when we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make our path straight. All we need to do is trust in him and acknowledge that his plan is better than our plans. So that's it. If God has closed a door on, of opportunity on you lately, trust in him. Always trust in God. No matter what happens, trust that he is working towards the good of those who follow him. But we need to make sure that when we trust in God, we need to be following him. Because Paul writes in Romans that God works towards the good of those who follow him. And when we follow Jesus, he will work towards the good of us. And when he closes doors of opportunity on us, when we trust in him and trust in his decision for our lives, then he will make our paths straightfold. So that's the biblical truth. The truth is, the phrase, when God closes, uh, when God opens a door, he closes a window, is not a true statement at all. What is instead a true statement is, when God closes a door, we need to trust in him. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your great love, and I thank you for the opportunity you've given me to record this episode in your name, Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, can you please help me to put my trust in you, Jesus, Father? I trust in you. I trust in your ways, and I trust in your decisions for my life over anyone else's decisions. And Father God, keep peace, Holy Spirit. Help the people listening to this episode, Lord Jesus. Help us to put our trust in you whenever we're going through something in our life where you've closed the door of opportunity. Help us to understand, okay, God, what do you want us to do next? Help us to trust in you with all our heart and to lean not on our understanding. In all of our ways, God, help us to acknowledge you may make our paths straightfold. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Captivated for Christ podcast, guys. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a like on our iStitcher. Um, now on Google Play, by the way, our podcast is now on Google Podcasts. So if you like this show, be sure like this episode, be sure to leave a like on us. If you want to give us some feedback, be sure to leave a review for us on iTunes. It helps out the show a lot. And if you like what you hear, I could hear her and you want to hear more episodes, be sure to follow the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and wherever this podcast is available. As always, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that this episode kept you captivated by God's love. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Captivated for Christ podcast. To find out more information or to view more episodes, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts are available.